Hi, welcome to the Proterra Connect podcast. I'm your host, Walid Siraj. In today's episode, we're joined by Barbara de Koning-Hans. Barbara is the Chief Operating Officer at Vodafone Ziggo, a Dutch company offering fixed, mobile and integrated communication and entertainment services to consumers and businesses. Previously having worked at organizations such as ING, Bergman Clinics and Rabobank, Barbara brings a fresh perspective and a transformational, customer-centric point of view for the telecommunications industry. With people at the center of everything she does and moving forward with a well-aligned impact, we sit down to hear her story, understand what drives her every single day and her ambitions for the future. Barbara, thanks for joining us. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Thanks a lot for joining us um, on a very bright sunny day where we should be sitting outside, but I've got you stuck in this office Good instead. <laughs> um, so how I always like to start this podcast um, is really by trying to catch people off guard. Um, but the idea is, I think it's a human-centered podcast and what is more human than yourself. Um, and I think I find it very interesting how people describe themselves um, because I find the ways people do it is always different. It's always unique. Some people like to go into deeper details. Some people talk about their family. Some people talk about their work. Without giving you any ideas, <coughs> I'm just going to throw the question at you. Who is Barbara? Oh, that's a good first question. Who's Barbara? I think a lively, energetic human being. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a, a love uh, for people mm-hmm. and... Um, a real interest in the mind and behavior okay. and uh, what drives us in life. I think that's, who's me? Okay. That I'm me. Yeah, you've kept it short. I like that. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hard time. You thought you were giving me a hard time. Yeah, exactly. Now I have to push for more. <laughs> um, tell me where it all starts, though. Um, let's kind of go back to the roots. Where do you come from? Tell me a little bit about your family, how it was like growing up. Well, originally I come from Amsterdam, so I'm in my hometown now. Uh-huh. I was born there. I wasn't raised there. Okay. I think I was half a year and then we moved to Nijmegen. My dad was a gynecologist and my mom was a teacher. Well-educated and, uh, parents. Yes, yeah. very nice parents. That's yeah. more, even more important. Yeah. Warm and uh, really focused on creating your own route in life, having your own journey and having your own insights. Yeah. I remember that uh, at one crossing in my life, I said to my parents, just tell me what to do. And then I started asking, what do you yeah. want? What's your, you know, where, what do you need? Which, and I'm like, oh, just tell me what I want to do. <laughs> and they never did that. So they always stimulated to have your own thoughts and uh-huh. your own thinking. Yeah. And uh, I think that's something I'm, I'm bringing along on my journey mm-hmm. with my children, with myself, my friends, and yeah. in work. Um. So we lived in Nijmegen till I was five, and then we went down south to Maastricht, which is totally in the down south of Holland. That was that's where I grew up actually, from five to fifteen. Yeah, and that was really nice. But my dad, uh, at a young age, when he was two, had had polio. Okay. So he was walking. How do you say limp? Yeah. And um, so it was really hard for him to remain a doctor, have the lung operations, and he was really always close to his patients. So he walked during the days yep. and that was no longer, he knew it was not going to be possible till the end of his career. Yep. So he switched to uh, pharma, okay. which was a big shift in that time. It was like 
the enemy of healthcare. So he did that. And for, for that job, we moved to Brussels. So when I was 15, 16, I moved to Brussels and I went to international school. And that was a big shift. You know, we talked about a little before this about where, where's the big insights in your own life? You know, yeah. what's the big turnarounds? And uh, to me, that was the international school had 53 uh, different um, nationalities. Yeah. And um, I had Japanese friends and Chinese friends. Mm -hmm. You know, it was totally different than only Dutch, Maastricht, very small, all a little bit more to ourselves. So that opened my world. It opened my perspective that you can have sushi for lunch. Absolutely. You can have rice for lunch. Yeah. That was really, so I've always been interested in people, always yeah. been with people, but um, that really opened my, any perspective that yeah. everything that you thought was real mm -hmm. had a different perspective uh, with different cultures, different yeah. religions, different. Yeah. And I love that. I really thrived on that. Mm -hmm. It felt to me that I was introduced to this big, um, yeah, we, we call it a snoopwinkle. Yeah. And uh, I could just pick and choose and learn and, and enjoy and, and learn more. Mm -hmm. So that was really great. And after that, they went on to move to um, America. And I went Your back. parents? Yeah, my parents yeah. with my smallest brother. Okay. Younger brother. He's not small, younger. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I went back to the Netherlands and I studied business, as you said, the best study. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and there I chose... And human resource and strategic management. Because by that time, I thought, okay, strategy is really important. Really knowing where you're going, looking at all these influences and trends. Yeah. But then again, I really want to do and understand the people side as well. Because if nobody's following you, there's yeah. nothing to strategize. Yeah. You know, so to me, only the brain part is just not interesting enough. It's yeah. always a combination of brain, heart, stomach. So, yeah. And that combination has, has led my path in anything I have done and did and mm -hmm. still do. Yep. And every time that I try to do something different, I still I get back <laughs> on this road. So I've accepted that this is my road and, yeah. and my journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also told me you studied in France for uh, a short period while. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Well, because I went to international school where yeah. we, and it was in Brussels. So we had our classes in French or in English. And when I was studying, while I was studying in Rotterdam, you had this period that you, you could do like a year or a semester mm -hmm. abroad. So I really wanted to go to England because I had yep. human resources there, not personnel sack, but human resources. I yep. thought, let's do that. And I speak English, so hey. But there was nobody who spoke French, and I did. So uh -huh. they said to me, will you please go to Paris, uh -huh. and study there at HSA and... Uh, I didn't really want to, but I really wanted to go abroad. But so you spoke French from before already. No, no, no. You learned it. I learned it, yeah. But yeah. if you have classes in French and nobody else speaks, well, it's what we're, we're talking about. Yeah. You know, you're from Pakistan. You're in Holland for yeah. four years. But if you're not forced to no. speak Dutch, no. you just don't catch don't up. Learn. Yeah. I was forced to speak either English or French. Yeah. And in my French classes or the classes that were taught in French, there was not a chance <laughs> they were going to give you an answer in English or any other language. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way I, le I learned it. And uh -huh. it was tough. It, it, it really was tough, I have yeah. to say. Those two years, um, it was very good that I made the decision to go to international school because my parents said, go to Belgian school. I was like, no. Um, so it was good. It was my own choice, but it mm -hmm. was really tough. I really worked too hard. 
Mm-hmm. But in the end, it it did give me a lot of perspective on new cultures and identities, but also two new languages, which yeah. I really mastered. So, yeah. yeah, it was good. Worth and it? it um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was tough, but it was yeah. worth it. Yeah. I didn't have any time to do anything that is normally done in puberty, but uh, <laughs> I learned French and English. And <laughs> so were you a good kid then? Yeah, what's good? I mean... Um, were you a troublemaker? Were no, you, no. I'm all, uh, no. No. I never skip any classes. Ugh. I always, if there was a teacher in trouble, I always stood up and said, come on, guys. Yeah. We can do better. No, that's my how you make pe- it this people, far in life. My people's side is to <laughs> en- embrace everybody. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are, which position you're in. Yeah, I think that's a that's a thing my parents really yeah. handed over is that hierarchy to me yeah. is not a thing. You know, people yeah. are people, and we have to treat everybody with the same respect and positive attitude. Yeah, and I have a very firm trust in people and um, in our ability to grow and learn. <laughs> yeah. So okay. every now and then <laughs> other people come with darker <laughs> perspectives. I'm like, no, we're good in the inside. We're yeah. really good. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. From what I understand, you started your career as a marketeer at ING. Yeah. First of all, is that true? Because that's what's on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's true. Um, it is true. Tell me how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> how did that happen? I'm looking at you. How did that happen? No, well, to be honest, my, my career started at the body shop. Because I, um, during my studies... See, that's something not on LinkedIn, huh? <laughs> no, that's not on LinkedIn. Well, that was my, that was like a stage, yeah? I don't know, internship. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ISEC, and ISEC yep. uh, is an yep. international student organization. And uh, the last year I did ISEC, the Netherlands, which is the national um, part of the, yeah, board, the board or something. I don't know how you yep. say this. But, um, and with uh, within that year, I got into contact with the body shop and I started my internship there. And after that... Internship in marketing? No. Um, I was just, I was the first intern <laughs> of the body shop ever in Netherlands, which was great. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- for the first time, they uh, co-created a game with, an, uh, within, with Isaac or any organization. Yeah. So it was also the first time for an intern. I had a great time, but it was, it was really too small for my amount of energy. So I really had to, uh, you know, go broader, go further. And I used it for my uh, research, which was great. Mm-hmm. My scripty, my final, uh, how do you do this, paper. Yeah, thesis. Th- thesis, yeah, yeah, thanks. And, um, and then I, I thought maybe, you know, I want to work for L'Oreal for a bit or mm. other brands just to see how different it is. Yeah. And then um, and then ING knocked on my door because they knew me from Isaac as well. And they okay. said, oh, just come over. Yeah. And I thought, me at a bank? No, no. Yeah. But then they really showed me the width and the depth of a bank because it's more than counting money and oh, it's yeah. more than transferring money. So um, there's lots of people there. So I thought... Mm-hmm. Lots of opportunity. Yeah. So I started with uh, within marketing. I, I, I did this in, uh, how do you say, a management traineeship. So you just get different opportunities. And I started in the marketing department. Yeah. Looking at uh, the formula for our retail business. It mm-hmm. was really nice. Okay, we had all the same retail shops. And yeah. could we differentiate that? And, and Well, you see that now regularly. So yeah. It was good, to, and I just joined the project. You know, I was just part of, of something. Yeah. But the the internship is really good to 
see where your talents really are, who you really are. Yeah. You know, you start out saying, oh, marketing from the books, that's ABC. And you go in yeah. and it's DEF, yeah. but that was never in the book. Yeah. And that's how you learn. So yeah. during the first two, three years, you learn that everything that you knew is not wasteless, <laughs> but it's a different perspective. Yeah. And hence you grow. And yeah. and for every company it's different because yeah. marketing in one company is not the same as marketing. That's also yeah, what you yeah. learn. It's not the same perspective. Yeah. And it was really interesting for me because ING at that point had different brands, Postbank, ING, Nationale Nederlande. Yeah. So you got huge, huge cultural differences, uh, uh, big projects, crossover. So you had ample opportunity to learn, to grow. Yeah and to flourish. And uh, whereas I started out, no, I'll never work for a bank. <laughs> 15 years later. <laughs> yeah, and I loved it. I loved every single bit of it. Yeah. You know, I, I got to know so many good people, nice people, enthusiastic people, hardworking yeah. people, different people. And, um, and I had a lot of opportunities. I, I worked for Bearings for a bit mm -hmm. in London, and oh. I worked in Mexico City, which was great. Yeah. And uh, so I You picked up it. Spanish as well then in Mexico? Of course. So I can already yeah. tell four languages, you know. Are there more? <laughs> no, because German has never been successful. No, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I always tell people as well, um, I think it's easier to figure out what you don't want to do than it is to figure out what you want to do. Um, which is why it's great to experience things and do things and be like, okay, maybe marketing was not what something I wanted to do. Maybe sales was not something I wanted to do. Maybe IT was not somewhere. But it's easier to do that than try to look at this huge array of things you, you could do and be like private equity or banking or consultancy. Um, so I think it's cool that you got into marketing in the beginning, but marketing did not end up being essentially where you are now. So yeah, and it's not it's not like I don't like it, but yeah. I think in the end it's also where's your talent, where's your real love, yeah. you know. So where and, is uh, your talent and real love? Yeah, my talent is with people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have had a lot of fun in marketing because uh -huh. I went back of, of, uh, again to marketing. Yeah, but um, it's all the it's all, that's why I started. It also depends because the marketing in ING at one point was really from the a customer. Um, you know, really get into the company and organize your products and your channels. So yeah. then it was really my kind of job again. Yeah. Um, no, but I, what I learned is, and already in my studies, I, I, as I said, you know, I started doing strategy management and human resource management. And that's the, that's the area I'm, I'm still very comfortable in, you know, yeah. I really need uh, also at my current job, you know, I really find it really great that we together create this, you know, the stip on the horse on how yeah, to say it in yeah, Dutch or yeah. this perspective or a plan maybe. But then mm -hmm. how do you get these big big groups of people behind you to understand it and yeah. to act according to it yeah. so that it's not just a piece of paper and a plan. Yeah. But in real life, we're either closing the gap and becoming what we want or we're living up to it. Yeah, And that's what I really love. I love creating this rhythm and 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 growth and enthusiasm around yes we are really living what yeah. we're planned yeah so that's that's and that's when my motor really starts how running. do you how do you achieve that because that is i think one of the things which i wrote down because you work on a more higher level it's um, not retiring at 35 <laughs> <right>? <laughs> 
how do you how do you align the vision? Let's say the strategy of obviously corporate executive board members, um, what you decide on the higher level, and then really translate that to the rest of the people. But them get the, but getting them to really believe in the vision and working towards it, right? Yeah. Because well, there's already a lot of aspects you're you're putting out there. One of the major things I learned is mm-hmm. that if you it begins, I think, with the trust and the firm belief that my people are the most important part yeah. of our business. We are the veins and the beginning and the end of every activity with a customer and hence for the, for the company. You know, and I learned that we are the shapers of the company. We know where it goes wrong. We know where it goes well. So we can really shape that. It starts with the belief that we can and that we can translate our vision to that smallest entity. Yeah. And that it is relevant for them to understand where are we going and what am I, what, what I am doing, how does it add up to that end the why, result? Why are we doing exactly. this? So it's really important that you start out like, okay, to communicate and share the why, that's the starting point. Yeah. So communication is one of the main things, is the first things that I organize within mm-hmm. the areas where I've worked. Because yeah. So that's one, to really realize that communication is one. Yep. Two is it's consistent communication. So it's working from a, a, a one perspective with terminologies that you determine mm-hmm. and using them constantly, loathing them, you know, just really continuously be consistent in what you say under which strategic point and how do you and align it with this is what you do, this is how we add up to this and this yep. is why we're successful. So it's communication, it's consistency within the communication, it's choosing these pillars and and really giving them weight Mm -hmm. and um, have a consistent strategy, communication strategy. Um, And um, if you have this, then really um, be transparent. And I think I've struggled with transparency over my career because people thought you're too transparent or you're too this. Yeah. I'm, um, and now I see this is the reason that I'm successful at my job because yeah. if at board level we're not transparent, we can hope somebody picks it up somewhere else in the company, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so we have to be really transparent and really um, yeah, make things simple. And authentic. And authentic. Yeah. Uh, to be able to be picked up by anybody else. Yeah. And authenticity is, is one you touched upon as well. It's it's the consistency, but also putting yourself in on the line and in yeah. the line. And that's what I that's what I do because I ex- you know, and that's living up to your own standards. Is yeah. I expect that from anybody who works with me. So yeah. I do it myself as well. Yeah. And creating an environment in which people feel safe that they can ask anything they want because they will be yeah. taken seriously. Yeah. I'll take anybody seriously, you know, yeah. because everybody has a part to do which adds up to our success in the end. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it reminds me of this thing, which, and going back to authenticity and you saying that transparency is one of the reasons why you have been the successful and you're able to translate your vision to everyone else. Yeah. Um, because in order to be successful and when you're authentic and when you're yourself, and you only have one thing in life, which is yourself, no one can compete with you in being you. And that's what sets you apart from everyone else. 
I think that's really the way I see transparency and authenticity, right? And the moment we kind of go away from that and we start being someone we're not, or we start doing things which don't fit with our values, then we start competing. But generally in the world of business, in life generally, we're not competing with each other. We're competing with ourselves. Exactly. And that's where we're trying to get. Well, it's so interesting because while you were saying this, I was like, I don't know if I agree in the sense that you get to know yourself by experimenting and, okay. and, and just trying new things and dropping when it doesn't work and yeah. adapt or adjust it when it does or just internalize it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know necessarily if it's always competing with other people, but you, you can, I can look at you and say, hey, this I can really learn from you. Hey, wow, you know. Mm -hmm maybe see how it fits me Absolutely. in any shape or form. Absolutely. And I think that's that's the crucial part that um, over the years I've learned, you know, you get feedback and you learn to see who gives me the feedback, yeah. where are they coming from, yeah. in what perspective do I have to see this? And then again, sometimes you get a lesson and it hurts, but then you think, hmm, I just have to think how, what's the shape or form that I can... Can take this. Can take this yeah. or can change this, you know? Yeah. I will never be this enormous uh, negotiator, political, sensitive, non-saying... Yeah. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Which doesn't mean that I cannot negotiate or yeah. that I cannot be nuanced or yeah. that I... You know, and in the beginning, you, you're, you yourself are more black and white. Yeah. And then you think, oh, I get feedback. Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. And then you get in this strength, like, oh, I need to do this. And then you start to fight yourself. Yeah. But if you really accept that, okay, I will not be world leadership negotiator, but yeah. it doesn't mean that I cannot negotiate in at any level. But Absolutely. what does fit me and what doesn't? Yeah. And where does it drive me away from myself? And where is it still in the area that I think, hey, this is uncomfortable but comfortable enough, yeah. you know, I can I, I, I can adapt to this or I can, can deepen my learnings here so and that that i find really interesting yeah absolutely and, and it's continuously that balance yeah and the yeah. fact that you're i think a people person this plays even more in your favor because you're absorbing from other people what you exactly. want to be what you don't want to be which is not always competing no. but also learning and deepening yeah. yourself but yeah. it's always i think the layer of okay in what shape or form does it fit me absolutely and where does it absolutely. end and stop yeah yeah okay um so ing for 15 years you said almost yep so where did it end towards ING? Where were you? Well, I was um, responsible for the call centers of ING mm -hmm. and omni-channel strategy. Yeah. And uh, no, was that it? No, I was uh, responsible for the marketing, I think, in the, in the, yeah, in the B2B. Vice president it. marketing yeah. business. Yeah, marketing business, yeah. yeah. See, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so that's when I stopped. Yeah, I stopped because, um, well, there was two things, actually. Um, you wanted to be I, a L'Oreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do something else. No, I think I am a little rebellious. So, you know, I, I always think, ah, let's do something different. Yeah. But I think in the core, I grew up in a family which taught me, if you are able to do things, you share. Okay. So if you're good at something, you share. Okay. And... Um, And we were not really allowed to be really good at, you know, to say, oh, I'm really good at this, you know. So it was not, you know, it's just real Dutch. Don't put your head over the over the cornfield. Okay. And uh, just be laid out, lay low and uh, you're not better than anybody else. And I think that last lesson was really the lesson we had to learn. Yeah. You're not better than anybody Humility. else. Um, 
but it what it did to me is that I thought that any anything I did, anybody else could as well. So I just thought everybody's the same. Okay. Whereas I turned around 30 and I, I was a director and then I looked around and I thought, okay, it might just be that everybody is able to do the same. They're just not making the same choices. Yeah. Aha. That's put it, that, that puts it in a different perspective. Yeah. And that, for the first time, lit a light in myself that I thought, okay, it doesn't matter what, you know, what am I going to do with it? Because I think I was not really careful with what do I want to do with my talents. Mm-hmm. I just spread it around because ev- everybody had the same talents, yeah. I thought. So that gave me a different light on, okay, it's just that everybody is equal, but we're, we don't have to make the same choices or we don't have the same talents or we don't have the same qualities. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. Yeah. It just makes me different. Just different. Yeah. And what do I want to do with it? And then I went back to, um, I was in this talent program and we were in Singapore and I was supposed to, you know, go further, further. And I thought, is this what I want? Mm-hmm. Is this really what I want? And then um, I realized that when I was young, I walked with my dad in the hospital and I'm one of these crazy people who really love the smell of hospitals. (laughs) (laughs) I love hospital food. I love the smell of it. And I always thought later when I'm grown up, you know, I want to be the boss of a hospital. That's what I want. And, um, and I, I love patience. I love the fact that you can make people better, that you really do something, do something that matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, life and death is the is the most touchable part yeah. in that. So yeah. I thought, wow, you know. So I went back to that. So I thought it's either uh, healthcare or um, schooling. Mm-hmm. Schooling, I had a couple of conversations. I thought, oh no, <laughs> no. no, thank you. That's not me. I'm not going to be. <laughs> you know, I'm not, this is not my world. And then I uh, I changed uh, careers into healthcare, and I went to Bergman Clinics. Interesting, from banking to healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. says that. And, yeah. and people say, oh, don't do that. You have such a good career. And I said, no. Yeah, but everyone I, I always want to experience yeah. new things. Yeah. And I want to experience things for myself. Because mm-hmm. I, by that time, I did learn that uh, my look, my way of looking at things is different than other people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just make up my own mind. I'm not going up front like, oh, it's like this and this. Yeah. So I went to Bergman Clinics and... Um, it was a wonderful experience and it was really, I learned a lot. I learned, and what I also wanted was to go to a smaller company. You okay. know, the bit, the, the grandness of ING was great. It gave me ample opportunities, but yep. it also weakened my sense of what difference do I make? Yeah. So you wanted is a bigger impact. Is it my influence yeah. or is it all the other people? Yeah. And I learned so many things. Mm-hmm. I learned that hospitals are maybe not my most fruit, fruitful base. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I learned that really working with five really good people makes every now and then more impact yeah. than with 80 or 90 marketeers. I know, yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot of going back to the base, mm-hmm. really looking good and what do I really need and yeah. what's what, what kind of extras and what kind of ballast you get. Yeah. So um, that was fun, but I realized I don't want to continue in healthcare. So okay. I, then I made a sh- uh, shift to Independer. Yeah. Which is also small. I still wanted small. Yeah. And, uh, and that was great because I wanted to go back to more online, more scrum, more agile working, and that's where we picked up there. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah. And uh, I did that for a while. Yeah. And then um, 
I went into. I went back to banking. Yeah, back they, to banking. Yeah, they saw me. There, there was this uh, program. Always waiting there for you. And yeah. then they said, "Yeah, join us and come <laughs> do this." And I, I really, I, I doubted it. You know, I said to my husband, oh, "Is this really what I want?" And he said, "Okay, yeah. if this job would have been in a newspaper or anywhere else, would you have? What would your stomach have done?" Yeah. I said, "I would have gone for it." I said, yeah. "Go." Go go, you know, yeah. and uh, and I did, and I had lots of fun and yeah. a really big, yeah, it was great. Rabobank is my job was great because I could I was responsible for first line uh, customer contact, which yeah. was which is perfect for you in many ways. Perfect, yeah. I wanted to say which was not well organized. There was you some work, work there to anymore. do. Let's, 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 oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, my heart's still there, yeah, you know. Yeah. It, it wasn't organized the way we wanted it yeah. yet. Yeah. So there was a lot of opportunity, and mm -hmm. I got all the freedom and autonomy. But what yeah. what I really took out of this period is stakeholder management mm. and something in ING is is more hierarchical. But, uh, you know, hierarchical designed. Yep. Uh, so there are stakeholders, but it's quite easy to see the line. If you do that, you're mm -hmm. fine. And uh, uh, Bergman and Independent are far smaller, so it's a different perspective. But then in Rabobank, it's big, and there's a lot of stakeholders, and everybody can, you know, it's a cooperation. So everybody, every voice on the table is one. And it really triggered my... It really strengthened my vision on every voice is one. Listen to the smallest voice, contain that, and yep. and and see what you can do. But uh, the stakeholder management was something I really added on to my to my skills, okay. and uh, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and then came Vodafone Zigo. Yeah, then yeah. came Vodafone Zigo. Um, and I think telco seems like an interesting industry to be in right now, doesn't it? It is. Yeah. So why telco? Why Vodafone Zigo? Um, to be honest. Um, I had some interviews mm. and I looked at the CEO and he looked at me and I thought, uh oh, this is one, this is a person I really want to learn from. This yeah. is, I mean, I've met some transparent people in my life, but uh, he's one of them. Yeah. And I thought, wow, if it gives me the opportunity to um, work with people like him yeah. and all the interviews after that, you know, in every interview, yeah. there was a, was a new colleague who I thought, oh, yeah. that talent or he, you're even worse than I am and yeah. you're okay in this company <laughs> you know? he even speaks faster than I do and you're still accepted so it, that, it was just it stroke yeah. me so yeah. the people really stroke me okay. and I really thought okay this is a, a bunch of people I really want to work for mm -hmm. and the depth and width of telco I really only got grasped when I was there inside I thought yeah. wow it's so much bigger and so much more um integrated within society and we i mean i know that i cannot live with my without my phone but yeah. if you realize that all our hospitals the, you know all our emergency uh, services are really so depending yeah. on everything we do all yeah. us working here working from home yeah so the the depth and the width i really grasped only when yeah. i was there but it was really the the my new colleagues who i thought okay these i see already three or four Things that I want to learn, want you know, and they they inspire me. They, yeah. they turn on the energy, and and the pace is just tremendous. And after a couple of years of banking, that's also very yeah. nice. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's probably one of the most exciting things to go into a room, speak to a few people, and realize I can learn so much I, from them. I, with these people, doing. I want to be close with. You know, yeah. it's it's just you know, yeah. 
and learn more and do more what I'm yeah. already doing. So yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Telco really is one of those things which we, I don't want to say take for granted. I think that's the wrong word, but something we overlook for sure. Because we see Telco, oh, internet on my phone. Exactly. And we forget the depths in which it's working, like you say, um, in the hospital industry. Trains. Everything. RFIDs, NFC, all of these different technologies which are being used. Um, I saw some projects being done in forests to track different things. Um, And now we have Telco as a solution coming up. I think even a little bit more towards finance. And even even what I really loved was that um, with the Olympic Games, there's blind people on bikes mm-hmm. and with our technology you know they, oh, they always have buddies yeah but with technology we've now given them the opportunity to bike themselves wow. and these things you know that really yeah. is oh, that's so intense and yeah. i think ah oh, that's us you know yeah. that's us doing that yeah. yeah um so speaking of telco and now belonging to a background of i'm gonna say banking customer service being customer centric yeah um what is the importance of people do you think in an industry like telco the importance of people in any industry. You know, I think in the end, but I, I you know, maybe it's better in a question. Yeah. What to you yeah. makes the difference? Like say, you have your phone, you have your iPad, you mm-hmm. probably have television yeah. and say it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of the time when, when you're robbed out of one of yeah. these things, what do you do? You yes. need a person. Yeah. You need somebody to help you out. Yeah. So there. Yeah. So it's the basis. And, and I'm, I love the service part because you can really make the difference there. I mean, yeah. it's actually to me, it's always living your brand, living your promises. Okay. And I, I like the fact that I have certain values mm-hmm. and I try to live them. And I love the fact that with our people together, yeah. we can live up yeah. to our promises. We can live up to our brand. We can yeah. live up to that proposition. And that's why I think um, it's so important to have these people and, 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 and take them along our journey and, and, and go the journey together. Yeah. Because in the end, that's, you know, if you're in trouble and yeah. you call us, that's the moment you feel photo von Ziegel. Yeah, absolutely. That's the moment you start loving us. Because that's when I need you the most. That's when you need me. Yeah. There. <laughs> and then I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A snippet for an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think the telecom industry can learn um, from other things that you've done? The banking, maybe even the your time at Bergman? Yeah. Well, I think... Um, for me, things fall together because um, what we can learn is that Telco has experienced enormous growth, like banking, enormous growth. Yeah. And we're now in a tipping point that the, the, the grandness of the growth is decreasing, you know, because everybody yeah. has a phone, everybody. Of course, there's new build, but that's not, you know, the, the grandness of the growth we've had yeah. the last years. And so, like you said, you know, it's, it's becoming more hygiene. Yeah. Uh, it's not a question if you have a phone, you have a phone. It's not a question if you have a smartphone, you have a smartphone. Have a smartphone. I mean, the Nokia without it is really <laughs> gone. <laughs> it's just a couple of days ago, we were talking about Blackberries. Like, oh, the whole I remember, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, so, but it's, it's hygiene. Everybody yeah. has a phone, everybody has an, an iPad, everybody has a television. It's mm-hmm. all, the, the, all those applications we have. Yeah. 
So it's it's just around us all the time. Everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And um, so from a growth market, we're going into a more hygiene market. And looking at banking, we've had that same movement. So yeah. I've been working in a more hygiene market for quite some time, where from um, a, a product-oriented market, you yeah. go to cherish your customer, yeah. focus on excellent processes, focus on, okay, it doesn't go wrong. And if it goes wrong, I'm there, I'll solve it. And you're even more loyal and yeah. happy because it's solved so well or so smoothless yeah. that it's all okay. Yeah. And that's exactly the, 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 the transition we're making now. So in that fact, my banking experience does really help because we've been in there yeah. in the hygiene market for quite some time. So yeah. the process focus, the data focus, that yeah. really works. And it's really funny because somebody told me a couple of weeks ago, oh, you're into, da- you're into customer service, you're into data. I was like, no, I'm into people. People. And we have data Mm. and we use that to learn and to deepen and to become better, but not to tell you, okay, you need to do two seconds quicker or faster. You know, that's, that's old way of thinking. Data is to enrich ourselves or to enrich the proposition to the customer. And that's how we work with it. Um, so what was I'm, I'm yeah. totally lost on the no, question. No, <laughs> no uh, I think that's very oh, yeah, the, that's very well put um, because I think being in banking it is such a people industry. Amazing, it, but telco, you know, and that's interesting. I, I I said when I started, I don't want to go to a bank. Yeah, counting money or you know, yeah. but then oh, I learned that all these companies, all these companies have service aspects. Yeah. All these companies have people working for with a enormous customer heart yeah you know I, I and that's why i also i really love customer service because mm-hmm. the people that work there are always customer focused they're yeah. always in there for the customer never for themselves Absolutely. and that's really different in other parts or other companies yeah. so that's why i always go to this part of the company <laughs> this is where the heart beats the customer yeah. heart so i like that and 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 it's our job to translate that to improvements and make it a better company and yeah. make it more aligned with the proposition and um, so the question was, where we started, is how did you combine all these things? So that's yeah. first, the, the banking. And what I learned in the smaller companies is that, you know, if you only work in corporates, um, you never learn how to work with less and not two mm. FTE less. Yeah. But I went from 90 marketers to one. Yeah. And it really helped me to prioritize. It really helped me to see and learn that if I have one good one, oh, Makes maybe. all of the difference. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and it really empowered me to see again, where's my talent? Where yeah. am I good? And which button do I turn and does really work? And yeah. which doesn't do anything? So, uh, yeah, it was, that. W- it all added up to yeah. being able to work with data, but on a, with a people perspective looking at the veins of the company, the people, yep. and translating that to back to, okay, how do we cherish our customer? How do we improve processes? How do we improve products? Yep. And what do we have to do? Yeah, I think uh, that's so important. And you mentioned going from 90 marketeers to one marketeer, yep. because I guess the higher level you go sometimes, you get lost in the numbers. This yeah. is these are number of people working for me. These are the results. This is what's happening. If I cut off 10, I will reduce my cost by this much. If I hire this much, maybe we'll get this much more revenue. Um, and we forget about really the impact one person can make, right? Yeah. Um, what, what is, 
So obviously, I think decisions are made on a more collaborative level, of course. But what does your decision-making process look like when you have an idea, <laughs> when you want to make an impact, when you want to bring up something? Because you are now back in a big, huge company, in a huge industry again, because you went big. You said, I wanted to try out small. You learned a lot from working with a small amount of people. Now you're back to big. Of course, yep. you learn from that. Yep. What does your decision-making process look like? <laughs> I think it's better to ask him. <laughs> I think it's better to ask my people. I think, <laughs> or my husband. <laughs> she just shows up it's, one it's day. Just, yeah. <laughs> Very feminine. <laughs> um, no, I do. I I do think that um, you know it's it's based on experience for for a whole big chunk. Yeah. But the newer stuff, it's your curiosity, mm-hmm. really being interested, yeah. asking questions, looking around, looking for new examples. Yeah. Being intrigued, um, being willing to learn, yeah. being willing to say, I had that wrong. Maybe we have to do it differently. Yeah. Uh, being open to dialogue all the time. But my decision, it's a huge chunk of stomach. Most of the time it's stomach, and then I start rationalizing, and then while I'm rationalizing and I cannot fix it, then I'll go back and it goes back and forth. So it starts with the gut then. Yeah, most of the time. Or a sparkle of inspiration somewhere, and I think, that could be it, and it goes on. But it's always... A combination of stomach and head. It's mm-hmm. never, for me, it's never head alone. Yeah. I think, if I'm honest. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't make um, enough high-level decisions to contrast with that, but I think doesn't, going with the gut is the most important thing. It doesn't matter. This yeah. is so interesting because somebody said to me, oh, I'm so uh, impressed that you can do your job and you have kids. I said, you yeah. know, every job is done in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is maybe a more social aspect in my job in evenings or you know how, yeah. whatever you decide. But there's also a lot of things I don't have to do anymore. Yeah. And it doesn't, my way of decision making is, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you say, I don't have high level decisions to make. I don't think that really makes a difference. I do think that the complexity mm-hmm. of the dilemmas becomes more. Yeah. Uh, that increases, but that's why you have a route and a journey. You know, people who say, "Oh, I want to be here, great," you know, but you only be a good. You you can, you can probably probably there's always some individual at 22 who can be CEO of a really you know it pro- yeah. possibly it's yeah. possible. But what I've learned is that you can have the cognitive yeah. um, experience, but you also need the people, the gut, the stomach experience. You yeah. know, and you have to grow in that. You have to. And um, I think the the width of shareholders and and dilemmas becomes a little more increased, but you mm-hmm. you grow into that. Yeah. And it starts with making the same sort of decisions on a smaller level, but yeah. it doesn't mean that your decision yeah. making process is different. So I think yeah. okay. I think that never changes anymore. Yeah. Actually, that's a good way to put it. And uh, I think great for you that you. If you love stakeholder management and you love people, then I think you're in the right business for sure as well. I don't love stakeholder management. I've learned to live with it. <laughs> no, but this is where we were talking about, yeah. you know, that, that is not one of my talents because I, I, I'm more grown up like, okay, uh, you work hard and somebody yeah. will see that you're doing the right thing. And that doesn't always work like no. that. Um, so I, I really had a negative perception on, on stakeholder management because it was like, 
putting yourself up front, putting yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm the greatest. Yeah. And I had to learn that my negative interpretation of stakeholder management really prohibited myself to either even learn anything on this yeah. area. Yeah. So I had to get rid of that negative perception and then look at people who do it differently and in shapes and forms that yeah. really suit me. And I thought, oh, that's what, oh, okay, it's just keeping somebody informed. Oh, yeah, that's quite logic. Yeah. You know, it's not about telling how good I am. It's yeah. about bringing them along on yeah. the journey. So I had to really change my perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, But I will never be extremely talented in this. <laughs> but uh, working at Rabobank with a lot more ser- stakeholders, what it did, what it brought me is that I learned that I, if I go into an arena of stakeholders, be yeah. totally result-oriented and wanting to get something out of it... Yeah. It creates a tunnel vision from my side. I stop listening. It's just actually, I just want you to really say yes to my idea. Yeah. And if I really go more open and say, hey, if I look at it from my perspective, uh-huh. would this be a possible entrance? And then really listening to all the perspectives. It creates and a better <laughs> yeah. idea for me. Yeah. So the way I I grew into stakeholder management is far more from the dialogue which suits me far more from sharing perspectives and then learning and then looking okay where does it click and where doesn't it and then really being trans then all my other talents transparency simplicity um come along and then it grows to a good cooperation so to me now shareholder management is is cooperation yeah uh and it's still not Telling somebody how good I am, yeah. you know. So it, but I really had to learn what is my shape and form, and mm-hmm. how can I combine my talents yeah. and get rid of my tunnel vision. Okay, only result being result oriented because if you do that, you're not really listening. Yeah, and that in shareholder management is stakeholder management is really important. Yeah, very well put. Um, I think we touched on impact and we talked about obviously what is exciting in telco because you see a lot of things. You see the depth of it now. Most mm-hmm. people, we only see the tip of the iceberg and it's a huge chunk in there. Um, but what about it specifically are you looking to make an impact in because you are a person who wants to leave your mark. Um, so we're in Vodafone Ziggo. Um, on, let's say, let's talk high level because we don't want to go into the specifics. Um, what are you looking to do? What is the impact you're looking to leave behind? The biggest impact is to work on the pride of my people. Okay. Chest up front, shoulders ahead, you know, shoulders straight. Yeah. And that my people really feel that they that we value them mm-hmm. and that they are of value. Yeah. Extreme value for the success of this company. That's the yeah. most important thing. To Perfect. Me. I think that leads to my next question. I think I've I make it easy for yourself because it's also my favorite question. Um, the idea is in life when you figure out something that doesn't feel like work to you but feels like work to everyone else, um, there's no one else that can compete with you. Because when you can That's wake true. up at two in the morning and do it and be happy with a smile on your face and go a- a- ahead again and do it, um, you will, it will be play to you. It is fun to you. Uh, when everyone else is like, how did she wake up at two in the morning and email this customer in the US and the time zone and this and that, but you love people, for example. What is something that doesn't feel like work to you, but others think is work? Um, there's always people in companies if you enter and they say don't talk to that person because it's really tough or negative or always and that's the people I love 
That's the voices I love to hear because yeah. most of the time it's people with great visions, great ideas, but they just don't have the capability to talk in the same language. Yeah. You know, I always, I, and this is a dear friend of mine, she leads PCMs, Process Communication, mm-hmm. in the Netherlands, and it's all about being into okay, okay communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's always plus, plus. Yeah. And I, in my sim- simple language, always say, it's about on which radio station do I send my message from? So if I, I'm on uh, MPO one and you're Radio 538, mm-hmm. the chance that we reach each other is not so big. So what I try to do is to tune in to your radio station. Not change my message, yeah. but I'm tuning in your radio station. And, um, and what, what I learned is that these people, uh, most of the time, have a great perspective, are strongly opinioned, um, but they just don't find the right radio station to send their messages. Mm. And if, it, if you really get in touch with those people and you get them on board, that's, I love that. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't cost me any... You know, people say, oh, it's so negative. I'm like, it's not negative at all. <laughs> but it's really, really strong vision, mm-hmm. you know, and really a strong opinion. And if you listen to it, you can learn. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I love. I love interacting with people. I don't feel uh, quickly offended or, or um, you know, if people say, oh, I really don't like this. Like, okay, tell me more. Yeah. But also if people say, oh, I really like this, I say, tell me why, why? you know? I yeah. really always want to know why. Yeah. So that to me is something that goes, so I always have a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> and then and that gives me the opportunity to know, okay, how do I land my message? Yeah. What voices are there to hear? How do we yeah. put this in a different perspective? In a way they'll understand. Exactly. Yeah. And in a new perspective every okay. now and then. Interesting. Like, uh, for example... I'll tell you, almost in every company where I come, the service department says, oh, we always have to clean up the mess that's made by somebody else. And I always say, it's interesting. I don't think we're cleaning up anything. We're we're not the end of the chain, we're the beginning. You know, we see customers before anybody else sees Mm them. We hear them before anybody else hears them. So we're not in the back, we're in the front. And it's our responsibility to have all these insights translated into new processes or new products. And the fact that I turn that perspective around, that you're not behind uh, scooping shit, but you're in front shaping the company, it's just a whole different Mm ballgame. Very well put. Looking forward. Mm. Because I think we've connected the past. We've talked a lot about what the current situation is. Looking forward, where are you going? <laughs> what I'm, do you see? I'm going on to 50. I'm <laughs> just getting old. I have to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the curfew of 35. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I just started this job. So I'm yeah. just in the middle, you know, I'm yeah. just warming up. Yeah. I'm I'm in the warming up of the Yeah, I want to touch on sailing a little bit because we talked about this on the record, off the record. Um, Tell me what you like doing in your free time. Um, Sailing, (laughs) I know, is a part of it. What else? And including sailing, let's talk about sailing first. Why? It has nothing to do with my future. Let's talk about it. (laughs) I think you're sailing somewhere. (laughs) That's how we can connect it to the future. Oh, you have a a metaphor. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, sailing. um, uh, We love being outside, Uh being active. Beachy, beachy life's not our life. So mm-hmm. uh, we sail yeah. on a boat 
with the kids. Yeah. One doesn't like it as much, the other two do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a great combination to have family time, to yeah. be active, be on the water, be outside, clear up your head. Yeah. Feel like you're on a holiday when you're just on the water for six hours. So yeah, yeah we yeah. like it. Yeah, I think I'm going to connect that because the listeners don't know. You um, differentiated sailing with just being on your boat and laying down in the sun. <laughs> I think that's very important. And I think that will explain. So you said you prefer sailing, really, mm -hmm. um, going somewhere. So where are you going? Now we connect to the look. Uh, where, where am I going, going now? <laughs> <laughs> where am I going? I don't know. I mean, that's it's a tough question because I just started in my yeah, new job. It doesn't have to be from company to company. No, even, no, no, just no. I understand. Yeah. But, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't even think like that. I was yeah. more like, where am I going as a human being? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, exactly. And, and I think in that perspective, I am where I am. Yeah. I'm already somewhere. So I think it's the worst question you can ask anybody. <laughs> it's like asking a kid, when are you going to be if you run up? You're already something, you know? So um, I think along the lines of people and tuning in with your stomach and your head, yeah. it, will, it will deepen and, and, and crystallize my, yeah. the road ahead. Uh, at the moment, I'm really looking forward to giving some of my energy and love and, and, and leadership maybe to photo yeah. uh, von Zigo and and the service part of our company to really make that the kloppend hart of our company and make people enjoy the beating yeah. heart yeah but also yeah. making people proud of what they do and what yeah. they add to mm -hmm. our quality and company yeah. um, and further on I you know things will come on my way and uh, and if I feel that there's a a T-shaped decision road to make. I'll make it. You know, it'll it'll shape itself and it'll yeah. feel like that. So, okay, yeah. I'm somewhere already. So yeah. it's good for okay. now. So you're a really take things as they come type of person. I think it depends on when you you know if you're if you speak to me now. Yeah. Being in my job for eight nine months. This is you know I have a plan for the coming four or five years. Yeah. Uh, oh. And we're shaping that and we're creating that and we're really working on our leadership and we're yep. really going from, like the main step we're going to make is leadership is often referred to as are you a hierarchical person and then you're a leader. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, no, that, that's not leadership. Leadership no. is personal leadership. So I have yep. to bring back the leadership to every individual. And every individual has to look and reflect on its own behavior. Am I living the values that I really want to live? Am I acting according to it? Do I really want to be here? I talked to a lot of people saying, yeah, five years ago, this and this and this, and it was all better. I said, okay, listen, it's not coming back. Mm -hmm. What is it what you need now? Yeah. Take your personal leadership in what you need now. You know, don't... Um, so that's a big change and, and there's plans. Yeah. And that's good for now, but probably af uh, after three years, you know, it's bubbling, <laughs> yeah. we're seeing the results, and then I'll think, ah, I'm going for the next step. Yeah. And that's how it goes. And then, yeah. uh, and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Great. But uh, I'm not retiring at 35. <laughs> <laughs> Valit is, guys. Yeah. So there's not so many podcasts anymore. <laughs> I have uh, a lot of years left, so <laughs> that's fine. Um, so what I do is I like to... End it more towards with a recommendation and then we'll do a quick fire round. Let's do the quick fire round first, actually. So what I'll do is I'll say a word um, and then 
you can reply with a word or just a sentence that comes to mind and how you see things. Okay. Okay. Communication. Crucial. Diversity. Crucial. Success. Fun. Transformation. Movement. Love it. Sailing. Wind. Banking. My old love. <laughs> failure. My first love. Uh, <laughs> failure. Lear there's no failure. There's learning or winning. Great. People. Heart. Machines. Effective. Teamwork. Fun. Great. Digital. Supportive. Internet. Love it. Health. Important. Family. Crucial. Podcasts. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and what I like to do is I like to end it with a recommendation for our listeners. So the recommendation could be a book. It can be an article you read. It can be a podcast. It can be a movie. It can be a series. Something that comes oh, to your mind. I, yeah, I have a great recommendation. I think I already mentioned it. Can I? Is this a commercial break? No, I really sponsored by Vodafone. Sponsored? No, 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 no. It's process communication. Okay. I think that really is the basis for me to look at my leadership at a different way and to really get into plus plus communication, whatever the situation is. Yeah. It's enorm enormously crucial to be in plus-plus communication and also to be in plus-plus conflict. Is that a book, plus-plus? No, the plus-plus is, is a part of the process communication model. So okay. Look that up, process communication model. I really recommend anybody to do that. They can't handle it because they're quite small yet still, but <laughs> process communication model. No, but it really, it really changed. You know, I'm... Um, um, you know, everybody, all of us, we can be quite judgmental to each other. Mm -hmm. But what I learned there is that that, judge, that that judgment really closed my thinking. Okay. You know, if I think of you, oh, he's a boy, it closes any other opportunity. Yeah. And I think looking at our, our current uh, social status with mm -hmm. polarization, black and white, it's really important to stay in plus-plus communication and to really always be willing to listen to, hey, where are you coming from? Yeah. And uh, even even if you send out on uh, Radio 538 and I want to listen to Radio 1, yeah. you know, it's still important that can I hear you and, yeah. can, I and can I send my message um, in your language yeah. so that you can receive and we can stay in an effective dialogue. I think giving people the opportunity to show themselves the way they want to show themselves. But right? always remain in a dialogue, both yeah. both parties, you know. You are trying hard to reach me, and I'm trying hard to reach you. And how great is it if we're both more effective yeah. in finding that radio station? Yeah. So that's something that made me more, it made me less judgmental mm -hmm. and more open to the real clear dialogue and, yeah. and hearing all the voices, and I think better at my work. Yeah. So I really, if you want to um, be a better listener, a better giver, a better leader, mm -hmm. it's a crucial part. Perfect. And I think that's a great note to end it on. So thanks a lot, Barbara. It was great speaking with you. Thank you, Walid. Good luck with your travels. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was Barbara de Koning-Hans, the Chief Operating Officer at Vodafone Zigo. You're listening to the Portera Connect podcast. 
I'm Walid Siraj. <laughs>